right. Welcome, everyone. We are back with another episode of Cross Street Coaching. And today with me, I have a guest, a fellow coach from Hawthorne Union, Rusty. Hey, everyone. Glad to be here. It's good to have you. And Rusty, how do you like to be introduced? Well, I think it could be somewhere a mixture of like a good rock song coming out to complete silence. I'm okay with either one of those. Which one you got for me? I could definitely probably put a rock song in. I'll do what I can. So Rusty, tell a little me a little bit about why you agreed to speak with me today. Well, one, because Jason, you're awesome and amazing. And um, two, yeah, we've got therapeutic roots coming up for Hawthorne Union. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to, you know, one, help people really get to know me as well as Hawthorne Union. And then more importantly, the therapeutic roots that we're running here in the next month or so. So we definitely want to talk about what therapeutic roots is, obviously. And we want to get to know a little bit about the man behind the action Coach Rusty himself. So why don't we start with talking about Therapeutic Roots, what it is, how you came up with the class. Sure thing. Yeah. So Therapeutic Roots is, it's something that was really, I was passionate about early on in coaching. You always get these and and many of you that are listening may get the same question. You know, coaching, that's, it's like therapy, right? And the answer is no, it's, it's not. Maybe it's similar, but certainly not same. And so that's really where some of this inspiration came from when thinking about coming up with therapeutic roots, uh, understanding the therapy. And, and I have a master's in counseling, so I'm aware of what counseling is, although that's not my day job. And then the more I learned to coach, and I've been coaching for about seven years, a little over now, and there's so many similarities, but yet as coaches, we oftentimes don't fully educate our clients or those around us to what coaching is and what it is not. And a lot of times you get that misconception that it's therapy. So I just wanted to clear the air there. Uh, and, and we'll talk more about it later. There's a lot of different theoretical perspectives that fit coaching a little bit more so than others. Uh, it's just a fun conversation to have and interesting topic. Yeah. So when you notice from a client's perspective that there is a, ha- a hard time distinguishing the difference between therapy and coaching, what do you think is going on there? A little bit of everything. I think there's some socialization to it as well. A lot of times people think if I'm having a conversation with someone about my problems or issues or goals or ambitions that, ooh, it must be therapy. Uh, and that's certainly not what coaching is really designed to be, nor is, is it that. Uh, and a lot of times you get that from more of a therapeutic perspective. So I think a lot of it is, you know, people have been primed as to what therapy is. And coaching, although it's been around a while, it's still new as comparison to those more counseling, psychoanalytical theories that are out there that we call therapy. So people are still learning. So as you are educating people and educating maybe the clients you work with, you know, what do you think is the easiest way to explain, you know, what the difference is from a coach's perspective? Gotcha. Well, you know, there may be some hardcore counselors and therapists listening, and I hope there are. I, I encourage you come take the class. Let's have a great, rich discussion around that. For me, what works for me is really breaking it down of the level that, hey, coaching is really about the here and now, where you are today, where you want to be tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. It's really that focus in the here and now and future focus. Now, before I get trashed by some some counselors out there, I got you. There's a lot of theoretical perspectives and ways in which you can go about your therapy, your counseling that have that 
very similar mindset. However, for our clients that are new to coaching, there's a lot more of them that are more past focused than say what coaching is. And you'll hear some different opinions on that in coaching. But in general, we may touch on the past in coaching, but we don't live there. We really want and hold that space in the here and now. Yes, it's important about what happened yesterday or last year, but let's don't stay there. Really, what is it you want to achieve today and in the coming future? For me, that's how I kind of distinguish it. That's my style. I try to keep things a little more on the simplistic side of the house as opposed to complex. Yeah, definitely. And you said earlier that you had a master's degree in counseling. So tell me a little bit about your educational background and how that kind of shaped out the the class that you're offering. Sure. So I hold a, a BS in psychology and a master's in what turned into being social service counseling. Uh, I was in more of a community agency track there for a while and then made a shift to something that fit more of the style that I'm looking for. And so the education really came about as more of an inspiration. Uh, I am the son of a war vet and has some disabilities due to the service that he had in the wars. And so a lot of that was like, well, what can I do to really support that? And so I found the passion in the counseling space. It fit the bill. Life never happens quite the way we anticipated it to happen. And that's okay. And so really what it morphed into for me was more of a stint in, as crazy as it sounds, more along the lines in the academic side of the world. And I spent an extensive amount of time there. And then followed by what many would consider a complete opposite end of the spectrum, corporate life. So in both of those times, I've really done a lot of coaching in both of those arenas or that environment. But the counseling has never really left me because a lot of things that you learn in counseling through schooling. But let's get real, people. You learn how to do stuff when you're in the real world doing that, like real life experiences where it's all made. The books get you so far. And so the real life experience, I was able to hold on to a lot of the things that I learned and was trained in counseling that have served me quite well. I mean, we have to communicate with humans each and every day, or most of us do. And so that really serves you well. And one of the biggest things that stood out to me is I'm thinking back to one of my professors that I had many years ago in, in counseling as I was getting my master's. And Jason, you and I have had these conversations before as well. Oh, yeah. The biggest thing that stuck me was you can't take care of others. You can't fully support others unless you support yourself. And that came to me in counseling, and it has never left me. I've heard it in different variations across different trainings and, and perspectives across the board and different leadership, but I heard it from counseling. I learned it from there, and that's what I've lived through it. So counseling is just one of those things. And I say counseling, people can use therapy. You can interchange the words. Like We're not going to go into too depth on that, but it really does serve, serve a significant purpose in what I do each and every day and what I bring both at homework and play, as I like to say. Um, in life. Very curious. And I heard that you said early on that you kind of activated these two polar opposites. You went from an, an academic background and then into more of a professional world, but coaching has always stuck with you. Do you find that they are absolutely completely different worlds? <laughs> the funny thing is, no, they're actually very similar, which is funny that you, you bring it up that you know me well. It too many is viewed as a polar opposite. But it's not. It's still people working with people. You change the terminology around a little bit and you got the same thing. Uh, so, no, it really serves you well. When you know how to communicate with individuals 
of different personalities and ethnicities, backgrounds, you name it, right? Especially in today's society, it's one of those things that it serves you so well. And I think that's where the therapeutic roots piece, understanding where this communication came from, this ultimate level of support. Who were the founding fathers of that? What did it look like? What did it sound like? How is it still being applied today? And then, okay, yeah, but there's this thing called coaching. How does that play in this as well? So I think that from a maybe a coach's perspective, if we're trying to say, no, 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 therapy and coaching are these two different things, why bring them back together? And why have this, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of history lesson, if we're trying to, in the coaching world, differentiate the two? I think it could almost be viewed as like a sneak attack as I'm thinking off the hip here. I mean, really, what's the what's the best way to really conquer or overcome some of the challenges we face? Really, that's to understand the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, almost, uh, I'm not calling psychotherapy and stuff the dark side if we were going to go like Star Wars here. You know? <laughs> but things where you really, truly understand the other side because that helps educate you and it helps educate others. Because there's no reason whatsoever. Uh, and, and Jason, and, and for any of you that have checked out our Hawthorne Union LinkedIn page, Jason did a great quote the other day. It was a really controversial you know, coaching therapy type uh, article that was written. And I thought you summed it up beautifully. It's really one of those things where you're not trying to conquer the other. Coaches are not trying to overcome therapists and therapists are not trying to overcome coaches, or at least in our vantage point. That's not what we want to do. Mm-hmm. But really coming together, there's a full line of support there. Ultimately, the client is what is important. It's not our egos. It's not our professional you know, opinions. It's what is in the best service of the client. And there's adequate space in both of those lanes to fully support them. Almost that whole 360 approach to their whatever goals or challenges they face, things they want to achieve. I think there's room for, for both to play there. And for me, I know there is. And it's fun to have those discussions. There'll be some things in that particular course, whether you are knowledgeable about what therapy is and, or what it's not. Maybe you're just a coach and you have no idea about what therapy is. Great. Come on. Let's have some conversations. You will be enlightened as to where some of the similarities are. And we're going to pull that from you as well. But if you're someone that is tried and true, you know, you've had the shingle up for many years to come in that therapeutic space, but maybe not so much the coaching side. Let's have a discussion because I think you as well will learn something from those sides. I'm not a big fan of saying it's a win-win because I think that's kind of cliche and gets boring. But if you want to find something close to it, this would probably be that. Yeah, the article that Rusty is mentioning uh, was an article that I posted on the Hawthorne Union page from, I think it was Psych Magazine. And it was from the point of view of a psychologist that says, Hey, coaching is unregulated industry. Is it time to rein it in? A little bit of an inflammatory kind of title there, but the whole gist of the article was that he had a patient that had previously had an executive coach. And as they started to address some of the business issues, then the coaching started to dip into conflict resolution, not just with their team, but basically with their wife. And that turned into the reason why they're stressed is because they have insomnia and the coach started to try to help aid the person in treating a, a, a chronic a sleeping disorder. And that's what was kind of cited there as the, as the issue. And I actually really agree with that, which is the whole benefit because I've, I've taken the class, the benefit of knowing, you know, the Venn diagram of the two circles where coaching and where therapy 
overlaps strengthens that you as a coach know the benefits and the limitations of coaching and knowing you know where therapy comes from understanding it better helps you be better informed when you're assisting your clients rusty what are your thoughts about that really jason i'm glad you brought that up because as i was thinking about it hearing your answer was really more to the, the ethics which shameless plug if it is or isn't, but we also do a great class on ethics. But that's exactly where my mind went. By understanding the differences yet similarities of therapy and of coaching, yes, it's going to strengthen you, but it's also going to let you know where those boundaries are. So if you're one of these, it's like, I'm not really sure if I should refer this person out or not. You know, I know what ethics tells me because we all want to make sure we're in ICF compliance. This is going to help make those lines a little clear for you from that standpoint, but it's also going to elevate your game as a coach because there might just be some things in the paradigm of some of the therapists that we're really going to cover in this training that you're going to be able to take, apply in your own way to your coaching style, and it'd be huge gains for you. Plus, it's a lot of fun because if we can't have fun, in my opinion, Jason, I know you're about this as well. It's not, <laughs> you know, it. we got to have fun or it's not worth doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting. I posted the the article also in a, in a coaching group on Facebook, and a lot of it was really well received. There were a couple people who thought that, you know, well, I would never tell my client what to do and I would never, you know, start telling them that their issues, you know, get, make them powerless by telling them this is too big of a problem. And there's kind of that resistance, especially when it comes to quote unquote life coaching that, well, it could accomplish anything, anything the person sets our mind out to do. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's one of those things where we oftentimes say that we don't do those things, but at times we indirectly do those things that we say that we're not. (laughs) Just by the questions we ask or You know, in coaching, we're not really supposed to lead the witness. That's not something we do. You always offer up or ask permission first, then offer up some type of recommendation or suggestion or more clearly of uh, insight or awareness, right? But we always ask permission. That's the way of coaching. That's the way of ICF. But I think a lot of times when you get in that space, maybe you don't say it the way in which they're saying, but we kind of indirectly do. It's like Mm -hmm. unconscious. This is what we're doing or we're leading or we're saying. But think about it this way, too. What is in the best interest of the client? Is it therapy? Is it coaching? Or is it a combination of both of the above? Now, you would have separate hats, separate people to wear those hats. You have a standalone coach and you have a standalone therapist. So ultimately, whatever's in the best service of the client, I think is what really we're getting at here. You know, to say there's one definitive way of doing it, you're either going to have a therapist or you're going to have a coach, in my opinion, is not the correct approach. Because likely what's going to happen is you're going to shortchange the outcome of that individual because it's not about us. I mean, it's not about the therapist, your counseling side of it. It's not about you more times than not. There are some theoretical approaches that are a little bit more of the the therapist is the expert. And we'll touch on some of those in our class because I think that's important. But then from the coaching side of the house, it's not about us, nor should it ever be. Not saying one's right and one's wrong. We're just simply holding the space for each of those positions. Agreed. And I remember when we when you first ran the class, I got to be a part of it. And we had some therapists in there that were easily kind of clearing some of the air saying, you know, I I use tools such as cognitive behavior therapy. You know, I don't just stick with the past. I talk about the future, too. And there's definitely a lot of overlap. And we kind of gained a lot of 
a real good insight from kind of sharing both their practices. So when you think about the class coming up, who is it designed for? And what are you hoping that those people will take away at the end of the the whole class? I think really, I think the class is designed for anyone at all interested in coaching or interested in therapy. You are not expected to be a professional, either one of those coming into this class. If you are great, wonderful, come join the party. But it's really just meant for those looking to raise the bar in their coaching and creating awareness, much like what our coaching role is designed to do for our clients. And really what you're going to do is you're going to take away little nuances that you weren't aware of that then you're going to take and morph or modify to best fit your coaching style. And you're definitely going to have, if you like to challenge your paradigms, right? You don't like to be stuck in the same rut over and over again. You're looking for something a little different. Hey, I feel like I'm knocking it out of the park with my coaching or my therapy, but uh, maybe I could do something a little more. That's the ones that I'm saying, hey, let's come. Let's have this discussion because it's going to be a discussion. I'm not going to talk at you at all of our classes. I'm going to discuss with you some of the you know historical figures in the roots of therapy. And so come one, come all, but be ready to have your paradigm potentially shifted a little bit. Yeah, one of the things that I like is because obviously all the classes that both of us kind of designed for Hawthorne Union are really chasing our own personal interests and really meant to challenge And I have found that as from when I started coaching, when we started designing these classes, and then when we've attended each other's classes, that my coaching style has evolved. And we've definitely talked a lot about the class, but I'm curious, how has your coaching style evolved over the past few years as we've started to roll out these development classes? Yeah, I think it's, it's ever evolving. I mean, you can always pick up things from your fellow coaches and Jason and myself, I mean, we're both professional facilitators. We, we know what that's like and we have our own styles. But it's really more of the, you know, oftentimes what we tell people is what, what we provide you and what we're facilitating. We believe in or we wouldn't do it. But then that added level, those golden nuggets are really coming from the interaction that you have with those that are in the actual course itself. So it's a fine line there, right? I mean, you're coming, you're, you're paying to, to hear from us. And, and we appreciate that. And we hold a very high quality of what we do and what we deliver. But we're also going to take that coaching approach that's going to pull it from each of you as well. And from that, to Jason's point, you know, over the years, it's helped us learn so much more, too. I mean, we learn from our audience just as you learn from us. And I think that's the way it should be. That's the way we intend it to be. And quite honestly, guys, we're not going to learn much if all we do is talk at you the whole time or give you the opportunity to, you know, poke holes in things or, or share some awareness that you have, possibly even share a best practice around something, you know, that leads to rich discussion. So really, I mean, it's it's ever evolving with the coaching. I can think back to numerous interactions I've had with both participants and fellow facilitators and coaches that just like, man, I'm still in that, I'm using it. And they'll do the same thing as well. I think if you ever stop growing in your craft, it's time to do something else. Well, that leads us to a really great question, which is kind of some of the central themes of our show, which is all about self-development, self-improvement, supporting yourself, because as coaches, we support other people. So tell me a little bit about what Rusty does to support himself. 
Well, Jason has really gotten me on this podcast kick. <laughs> not a big fan of reading. That does not mean I'm illiterate or don't read ever. That's not my thing. I like to listen. I like to uh, interact with other people or be able to listen to some podcasts. Uh, to me, that's been the biggest thing. Outside of that, and I'll tell you, this is a nuance as well. All right. One of the things that I have learned that's really strengthened me as a coach has been to actually mentor other coaches. So it's like another side thing. Um, I'm a PCC with the ICF and having the opportunity to mentor and have coaches, just the, the consistency of listening to recorded calls, both theirs, my own, and then just having those interactions. To me, that has really heightened my professional development. And that's something that I continue to do. I mean, it's like riding a bike. You can pick it up and, and ride it with no problem after a few weeks off. But really, you're better and you're, more, you're much more comfortable if you're continuously on the bike. Same goes to coaching. The more you coach, the better you get, as long as you're open to learning. And to me, that's the biggest thing. Um, you can read books all day. Nothing against anyone that loves books. Jason, I know you love books. But it's just the fact of doing and listening and hearing from others as well. Well, I really love audiobooks. I mean, that's kind of a sidestep from from podcasts, if you will. So you've got podcasts, you've got mentoring others. What are what other sort of things are you doing to keep developing and keep supporting yourself? I think it's really pushing the boundaries too. You know, you hear a lot of good things, you see a lot of good things. And I like to consider myself a fairly creative person at certain times. Having enough courage to just try it. You know, if you think something might work with a client, try it. Worst case, it doesn't land. Okay, you ask the next question. Or, hey, where do you suggest we go from here? Those type things. To me, that's, that's what takes it to the next level for me, right? Is being courageous. Ask those questions if you don't know the answer to them. Or try something that's completely off the cuff, seemingly to you, whether it's in your style or out. Seeing how it works. You don't know till you try. It's like I tell my kids, you can't tell me you don't like vegetables if you hadn't tried them first. Once you've tried it, then you can have an opinion. Until then, give it a shot. So what is the next boundary that you're going to be pushing upon in the near future or now? Ooh, in coaching or just in general? Because that might get dangerous. Dealer's <laughs> choice. No, I think, I think I'll stick with the coaching one on this one. For me, boundary-wise, as really as I'm pushing towards the MCC level, um, yeah, I want to play around a little bit more with with metaphors. And, and Jason, you and I have had this conversation before as well. I mean, I do them mm-hmm. a little. But I still have some hesitancy as to who and when I share that or or, or go that route with the client. Obviously, you want to, um, as I've heard it said before, you you really want to follow the breadcrumb. You know, don't just throw one out there for them. Just follow what they're giving you. But at times you. I've seen it really make a significant difference with certain clients that this is not a judgment statement. This is just based upon my interactions with them. I didn't necessarily take them as a really creative type. I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. You have some that you ask for an Excel spreadsheet and they bring you like smart sheets and a Google doc and this whole nine yards of just plan after plan after plan and others you're lucky to get a sheet of paper from them. And you're like, I don't really know. We don't want to make assumptions in coaching, but Man, I've had a couple where I just I took the gamble threw the metaphor out there based upon what they'd shared with me. And it took the session to a whole nother level. And I think that's something that that's the next step for me. And I'm already doing it, but I want to push that bar, push that boundary that much further. And it's not for me. It's for the clients. Right. If it doesn't land, no harm, no foul. But if it does, then you've really got some movement there. And it sets the tempo for all the sessions to come as well. Awesome. 
I think that's some really cool things to to play around with. Obviously, some that are going to land with clients, some that are not going to land. So yeah, it is a little pushing the boundary. Well, Rusty, this has been awesome. A great conversation. If people want to find out more about you, where should they turn to? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, but the best place would be Hawthorne Union's website, hawthorneunion.com. And then as well on LinkedIn and our Facebook account as well. Cool. And Jason knows to find me as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I will be the surrogate. And so I believe Therapeutic Roots is starting. We'll probably release this uh, in a couple of days here. This is the beginning of September. So Therapeutic Roots starts at the end of October. But this has been an awesome. Thanks for breaking apart the therapeutic roots of coaching. Appreciate it, Rusty. Absolutely. I've been begging you to come on, Jason, and you finally (laughs) let me. So maybe we can talk soon. I finally came through. Maybe we'll have to do this one other time. It'll be fun. And guys, we look forward to it. Thank you for your time, Jason. I appreciate it. 